0: Welcome to Conscious Communication, the podcast that can help you improve your company's culture and better your team's communication, helping you build more significant relationships. Now here's your host, Philip Bogelub. I have the privilege and honor of talking to Lisa Fee. Now I say Fee, T-H-E-E, and I actually got it right even though I could screw it up. Lisa is a thought leader. For cyber safety for children. That's huge, hugely important. I mean, you need it for adults too, but for kids, they have no clue. She also consults with innovative healthcare, global technology to improve all around digital safety. And coming from, we were talking before the record button, you know, we both technology, we're both engineers, we're both dorky people. And I was in the healthcare industry. She's been all over the place. So she knows about x ray tubes. She is on many advisory boards, which is really cool, uh, from medical solutions to a Maxaw, Spectrum Lab, just to name a few. She is a global influencer, truly is. And she has been, she has a new book titled Go. Oh, it's got an explanation point. So I had to say it that way. Reboot your career in 90 days. Lisa, I want to thank you for being on the show today.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Phil.
0: Absolutely. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Give me your serendipity, your accident, your coincidence. Something that guided you in—you just didn't wake up and do all the stuff that I talked about, and then wrote a book. What kind? I know there's a lot that comes up in your mind. What was that serendipity, accident, coincidence that kept guiding you, and you kept fighting it and going, "I better go that way" because I know if I do, I'll be I'll be okay.
1: Sure. So I would say that that serendipity is probably getting to college and being really energized around wanting to do something to improve humanity and calling back to my mother and saying I'm so excited I picked my major I'm going to be social worker and she said that's wonderful I pay for engineering school but feel free to study whatever you'd like <laughs> and I wasn't quite sure that I wanted that much debt at that age and so I followed mom's rules so I had a pretty traditional career for the first decade of it I went to the good schools and I got the the jobs and the promotions and I was chasing those traditional markers of success right but I found myself at a place by 30 where I had met all the milestones that I was looking to achieve and realizing I had a much longer life and career ahead of me. And it was no longer fulfilling me just to try to climb the ladder because uh, I was concerned I was climbing that ladder quickly up the wrong building. So I found myself a global IT manager. I had it to 36 countries before the age of 30. I, w- I had a team. I was making six figures, but I also... Did not have a significant relationship in my life and it was very important to me i knew to eventually have a family and uh traveling a hundred thousand miles a year i was having lapses in my car insurance because i was forgetting to renew it so it did not look like i was going to be settling down or putting any roots anytime soon right yeah so that that was kind of that moment where i had kind of that first have, I, I have to be a little bit more intentional if i'm going to have the life that i want to build not just the career that i right. build. Yep. And then there's been a series of aha moments since then. And so it actually really is a lot of the origin story for why I wrote Go and why I think we all need to look at rebooting our career from time to time because circumstances change. The big dials of life adjust. You know How much you want to travel, how much you want to invest in your community, how much uh, time is needed for caretaking. All of those things shift over time. And so I wanted to give people a framework to reset uh, when the uh oh's happen in life, and you realize you might be off course
0: again, and well, well said and well put. I like how you encapsulated that. I could picture everything you going through things. I could picture the conversation with your mother, and going, "Well, I paid for engineering, but if that's what you want to do, I don't care." <laughs> so you obviously had supportive parents, which really does help, uh, or supportive people in your life. But yeah, rebooting. I mean, you reboot your computer if it doesn't work. You reboot your phone, but we don't reboot our life. I mean. There's different stages you know it's like when I was 18 I thought I'd do this at 22 when I was 22 I thought I'd do this at 22 but I thought I'd be different at 26 and I'm like then I have to, you know those ages between 21 22 then 25 and then 30 just go right from 25 to 30 and suddenly you're like when my kids are born uh well not when they were born they, they got older and we were driving around this fancy neighborhood out here and just looking around because why not right and there was this big giant home and my daughter Carly she goes pull over Dad. I was like okay and we looked and there's a pool in the house, you know, in the house. And it's like, you know, nine gazillion dollars, I'm sure. So we're just looking at it, walking around, you getting a car. Daddy, we want that. We want that, uh, that house. I said, Oh, all right. Well, we can get it, but I'll never see you again. I said, well, what do you mean? Now we're, they're little. So they don't understand money. They don't understand any of this stuff. I was like, well, for me to do that, I've got to be working all the time. And I will never have time to play with you. I never have time to read to you, and all the things that you want to do—at least that I wanted to do—and I'm sure you did. And with your kids and your family, like, and as they got older, they—you know—they're going on their own paths. There's, you know, you tell these stories, but it's so true. When people say, "Oh, I can have it all," no, you can't. You—if you're working 80 hours a week, not that you need to, but if that's what drives you, hey, God bless you. If that's what you do. But like you said, you wanted a relationship. You wanted a family. And you had to, you can't, not doing that flying 100,000 miles, so all the time. So, let's go right into the book. I like the, go, reboot your career in 90 days, because it's got the exclamation point. So, let's kind of get into that a little bit. I want to go through other different things, but tell me what the, you already kind of summed it up really well, but get more into for the listeners to understand why did you write the book? And I love the idea of rebooting and because there's, you know, you, you have different stages in life and your kids then get older and leave. Then you have a different stage when you're 50s, then you're stage when you go to retirement. And, you know, so how does that, how can you use this in different places in your life?
1: Yeah. So for me, the book was a, probably split into three different sections. So I would say it's a third more memoir of coming up in tech and having the experiences of working in multinational companies, leading new initiatives, and then stepping out of my own as a CEO and founder of an AI startup and then into management consulting. And being able to work with some of the largest uh, global brands and really the focus area of using artificial intelligence for societal benefit that's what drives me that's what motivates me then from there i shift to uh, an actionable 90-day plan to go from where you are today to identifying where you want to be and having a recipe for being able to create your own north star and that came from things that i had to create for myself because the wisdom of the world of what I should want and should go for didn't suit
0: me. Ooh, I, wait, wait, I, stop. You got to say that again. I love what you just said. Could you please repeat that for the listeners and for uh, me?
1: I wanted to pivot my career from success to significance. So the wisdom of the world and what I should be striving for just didn't suit me. Oh,
0: I love and that. So, Sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah. So I wanted to create a map for people that want more mission impact in their work, as well as uh, traditional measures of success. Uh, because I really do believe in sustainability and scalability. And that usually comes with some kind of shared value where it doesn't just meet, improve the bottom line, but improve society and vice versa. And then last but not least, uh, the last third of the book, uh, I spent 18 years in corporate America. I retired as a director of a multinational tech company I was responsible for revenue for a $6 billion profit and loss center. Oh. And I also have had my own company and a successful exit, and I advise for a lot of other CEOs, so I wanted to take some of that knowledge and get it grounded into a place where when the next 10 founders that come in and want to talk to me and I don't have time, I can give them at least the best of my experience in terms of getting their ideas off the ground and scaling up. So it really is kind of a place where I've put a capstone uh, on the 30 years of experience I've had, uh, starting with very humble roots in the automotive industry. All the way through, you know. Now, today, I'm in New York City for the Stevie Women in Business Awards because I'm a finalist for the Executive of the Year for my oh, very AI. cool.
0: Yeah, very cool. What I like about, I mean, you said a lot of stuff, and I appreciate it because it's the different. It's the arc, right? You know, mm-hmm. just these different things in life. And I made, marked a couple notes down that I wanted to to highlight. You know, you said the recipe. One of the things I notice uh, through life. And I don't know how much it still happens anymore because I've been in my own business now for not a lot of time, but for several years now. And I came from corporate like you did. But a lot of people would retire at whatever age, and within five years, they're dead. Yep. You know, and it could be in their 50s, could be in their 60s, doesn't matter. And you hit something really, really important a recipe. That's why I wanted you to repeat it because, you know, if you, I'm not a baker, my wife's the baker. I couldn't bake My life depended on it. Forget I'd lose. I wouldn't be on one of those baking shows.
1: I'm but kind you... of a one, tri- one or two trick pony on the baking fry. Oh, yeah, I yeah, get a yeah, of yeah. Things I can make well, and that's about it.
0: Hey, but it's going to be simple. I, you don't, don't get me crazy.
1: Yeah,
0: you know what? A little chocolate, some nuts, that's about it. And I put it in the freezer and let it freeze. But if you have the wrong recipe, whether it's tech or whether it's in the x ray tube business where I came from and the medical side, whatever it is, if you don't, you don't miss, you miss something, it doesn't work. You know, there, there's parts and materials, molybdenum, beryllium, all this materials to make an x-ray tube. You skip one, it doesn't work. It's physics. And life is kind of physics like that. And the recipe that you have in your life, I think one of the things is, and I wanted your, your uh, point of view on this. You know, we spend our lives being told what to do from our parent. not knocking it, not knocking it, school, parents, job. And then when we want to take that leap, we don't have a recipe. And you supply a recipe. This is like a process and procedure. Could you please expand on what that recipe kind of look? I know it's different for everybody. What would you do to kind of start somebody off going, "Hey, you know what? I've always wanted to do X, but that Y pays the bills. How can I kind of do that and then cuz I want to do it full-time and, you know, and you got different things to go, but how how what kind of advice do you think comes to mind for somebody?
1: Yeah, so for the 90 day plan, I was really intentional about helping people to slow down and get out of their head and back into their body. I think the first thing that happens often is people jump, the people only think of changing when it's they've had some discomfort for a while. But there's clearly a reason that keeps them stuck. And so that's why I titled there. I titled the book go for a couple reasons. Number one, I'm hoping to get people unstuck from feeling like they have to keep sacrificing their health, their happiness, and their energy to something that's no longer serving them. Two, because I work in artificial intelligence and I've been deploying the solutions in the wild since 2015. Go is the famous game that uh, AI got better at than humans. And so it's a little tip to the oh. hat for AI. Okay. And three, uh, because I I love one word titles. So I wanted to Well <laughs> it get
0: to the, it gets right to the point.
1: Yes. 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 Uh, so with that in mind, uh, my three-month process is really split into three different sections. Uh, month one is stabilized, month two is dream, and month three is plan. And I've got weekly assignments and weekly activities to help you uh, in the first month, slow down, start looking at the places where you're overspending your energy, start looking at the places that build you up and the things that take you down, and look at the ratios of how you're spending your time today. Because if we don't have data, we don't really have... An accurate picture and I think most of the people that would be interested in get learning from someone like me are probably a little bit suffer from the same strengths and the same weaknesses which is a bit on the type A side a bit on the uh, put a rub a little dirt in it uh, and just keep moving right uh, I was raised by a hockey player you can assume all the things that would go along with that you know <laughs> for a badge of honor and, right you know. keep going
0: no matter how much pain keep going absolutely
1: and and what that got me was physically gearing and mentally disabled by the age of 45. Oh wow. Permanently. Wow. So, I've had some lessons that have come along a couple times in my life and I've just pushed through and gritted it, dug deep in and got gritty and what I learned is your body will continue to send you those messages until you start to heed the learnings from them. And I hope that I can help some people learn a little bit faster than I did so that the consequences aren't as significant in the dreaming stage of month two uh it's really about redesigning your life understanding your values understanding what you want your life to look like not just your career but your life and how that career fits in there right but then month three is all about leveraging uh the people that you know and the people that they know uh to help you to shape what that next opportunity can be and i think once you have a personal vision and mission for yourself about who you are and what you do, it's really amazing to see how the universe rises up to step in and create those opportunities. But I think a lot of people are chasing job titles and other people's dreams and not their own. And until that shift happens, you're going to continue to be kind of knocking your head against the wall a little bit.
0: Yeah. And you you we could end the interview right now. You summed up everything perfectly because we're waiting, you know, we're talking about, you know, we don't do things on our own we're told what to do and you know jim over here and telling you know uh, telling uh, lisa to do it this way and then you talk to susie and susie says jim doesn't know what he's talking about you do it this way but it's in there. they mean well but it's from their point of does. view they mean well and there was just something i was reading about jd rockefeller i had no idea everybody knows who rockefeller center is and all this stuff he he almost died at 30. he was physically he was losing his hair he was so focused on money, 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 and all the, you know, this is just a, the story that was written by the guy who did his biography, but I can't imagine. And it's like, but then he turned his life around. Um, he lived to 98. He had those physical things that happened to him, but he still moved ahead. And he helped with, you know, gave money for curing diseases and schools and just did amazing things with his life, taking the money and making a difference, empowering others, and powers ourselves, and just doing that. And what I think is, you know, from health to wealth or wealth to health, you either pay it forward or pay it backwards to yourself. And what I really love about your story, among many things that I've read about you already, was that you didn't just sit down and go, well, that's it. I'm done. You know, you were just, you looked introspectively and what the universe is for, universal mind, spirits, and angels, serendipities, accidents, coincidences, discovery, awakening, transformation, all the stuff in the philosophy I do that the listeners hear all the time. Is what you did and what you're doing. And sitting down and having that new recipe, understanding that you have to look at your life as, you know, we all don't live that long. Uh, My wife. There's one guarantee in life we all end
1: in the same place.
0: Bingo. And as far as I know, unless you know, I don't think you can take any of this with you.
1: Uh, No, but I do think you can build a legacy that you could be proud of. And I hope that my book inspires people to do that.
0: And that's. Why you're here talking about this, because it's not what you do. you want something to be done when you're here, but you also want to do leave something for somebody else when you're gone. And if it's a word, if it's if it's your book, and if you know, because a lot of people die without their book being written,
1: honestly, when I started writing this book, I was on medical leave and bedridden, and I was writing it for my children. I didn't have a diagnosis. I wasn't sure if there was going to be a happy ending to the story. <laughs> but, I wanted to make sure that, you know, my kids now are 11 and 12. So when this started, they were, you know, nine and
0: 10. Right.
1: And so I just wanted to make sure that if I wasn't here past the five year mark, they knew more about who who I was. And what I realized is there's a lot of wisdom and being able to listen to other people's stories. Because I started out by interviewing a lot of the, my peers, these executive women that have come up through the ranks, you know, uh, the C suites of companies or the, the vice presidents of larger companies that have overcome a lot of obstacles. And it was really fascinating to learn so much more about their stories. Even though we've known each other in some cases 20, 30 years, these are people that are close friends. You don't ask them about the hardships. People always kind of gloss over the things that, you know, really help build the character. And so, it was really cathartic for me to learn how much of similar experiences we had that I thought were maybe personal problems uh why why did I um seem to honeypot these bad behaviors from people in the workplace? well, spoiler alert, people are doing it to everyone, and you know it's a numbers game eventually, yeah, or why did I feel like I was always restless and unsettled and you know being able to get Deeper with people and really understand their journey uh, has really opened me up to let go of so much shame Mm. and let go of so much of the, you know, what ifs of life that, you know, I can really just be present in my body today. Uh, It's really a funny thing to be going on all of these interviews talking about what's next? What's your next five years? My next five years are learning how to slow down and learning how to depend on others. Mm. and trusting that it will be okay if I'm not hustling constantly uh, to make the next opportunity happen. I think that's going to be the work of my next 50 years. It will never come natural to me, but one of the benefits of writing a book is you got to eat your own dog food, right? That's right. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it, I, so I teach this philosophy at a health club here locally, and I have some students and stuff. I've been doing it since March of 23. So it's fairly new. Took me like a long time to get through it, torturing one of my friends going, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. But you, you, know, you find out the stories in life, the stories are a little different, but the same thing, same outcome, you know, and, and you don't really know. That's amazing. The, your point is so on point. There's so many things you knew about somebody you've known for 30 years and then you talk to them like, because you don't, they don't talk about that stuff. They don't, why would they? What, you, there's no reason to, unless there's an interest of, of, of communicating that. And But you learn so much about yourself more than you do about them.
1: Well, and I wanted to put it in the book because I think a lot of people will say, yeah, but I have these circumstances, so I have to keep doing this. And what I wanted to show was so many different people that were in similar circumstances that took the other path. Right. and what the opportunities are when you can bet on yourself um Ooh, so that's good yeah hopefully it inspires people to leave that toxic work environment to decide that they are ready for leadership and stop waiting for somebody to tap them on the shoulder and give it to them i mean the things that i'm the most proud of in my career all came post 40. uh it's the last five years and you know Goodness gracious, I did a lot of things to be prepared for this season in my life. But, you know, when you get to this place, I hope that I can empower more people to step into their full um, possibility and really leave a legacy if that's caring about animals or the environment or seniors or whatever their their community, their church, whatever you're passionate about, right, I want you to double and triple down on that. Because that's going to be where you have the most impact, and that's going to be the thing that creates the most meaning back for you as well.
0: You know, it's, it's that passion. i loved music since I was a kid, and things didn't happen, good, bad. The story's not important. I ended up getting a, an engineering degree, an MBA, and went in the medical field, blah, blah, blah. I loved it. I have no complaints. But then doors open, and there was these serendipities that happened. I'm like, uh, what do I do now? My wife's like, well, you always wanted to do this kids are growing why don't you do it now I'm like you know and, and all the guitars you see here and all the, the drums I, I didn't have that so I contracted for a few years when I left my job then the company did go out of business because it's one of those things when you get older you kind of see writings on walls real clear oh, yeah you don't you know when you're young you're like you're gung-ho you volunteer for everything and then the company goes out of business I didn't see that coming and, and it's like it, but but it took a while You know I've been doing this several years now on my own so I had to contract I had to make a little money to buy stuff. I was learning things. People offered me this. People, um, if I'd run upstairs, we were working from home before COVID, and I'd run upstairs where my wife is, and she goes, "Somebody called me. They want me to be an engineer." This goes, "That's nice. Shut up. Go back downstairs." You need those people, <laughs> the three stooges on you, and 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 that's I love this. Like, if you're going to work this hard,
1: at least do it for. us. <laughs> don't do it for somebody else.
0: It, 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 that's one thing. An oh, excellent point. I never worked this hard in my life, and at the end of the day. Here's the difference. I love, I'd i love for you to expand on this, please. I am exhausted in the mind, but not in my body.
1: So uh, I think because of my, my personal circumstances, uh, I have a little bit different situation. My body is always exhausted. Um, ah. I have a vascular autoimmune disease. So my healthy cells attack, uh, excuse me, my immune system attacks my healthy cells. And so creates a whole lot of uh, situations to manage. But with that in mind, um, I have a very specific energy budget and it is smaller than it used to be. Ah. And if I overspend, I pay very significant interest on that loan. (laughs) Uh, Ah. It's just like running up a credit card. And so with that in mind, if I only have a limited budget and I want to make sure that I'm giving to the places that matter the most. I have to say a lot more no's than yeses to the world. Uh, And every yes I say to the world is a no I say to myself and my family. And so it really helps you get a lot of clarity and to stop giving away uh, the most important thing that you have, which is your attention and your time.
0: Your energy budget. I love it. And you're know you right. You have different circumstances than most people, but you still have that realization. Again, you didn't have to do that. You could just burn yourself out, and that'd be the end of it. Life's over. But you, oh, you I'm,
1: I'm not smart enough to figure this out myself. That was my occupational therapist. Once I started having the, stroke-like symptoms,
0: <laughs> oh, no. no, but okay. well, but still, you had to accept it. You know, you could, you you know this. You can tell people to, your blue in the face. You can't change people. You got to change from the inside out. And we were just, you know, talking about the whole world telling you to do this, do this, do this, and it's fine. You get a degree, you get a great job, but whatever. But if you're empty in your soul, you're in your. You're just getting up and. You're like, oh, I gotta do this, I gotta do this. And then but the energy budget. I want to expand on that one. The energy budget. Like we you talk about what you're going through, my kids wanting that big fancy house. You've got so much in your budget on your spreadsheet. You know, if if you lose your job, you're not going to get the twelve dollar cup of coffee. You get the you get the free, you know, get the free well, not free coffee. You go to the store and get the coffee. So your budget is just not financial.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it's Correct. it's mental. It's so I I love that. I, I'm using that. I'm making a bumper sticker. But um, I'll give you the money when people start buying it. Uh,
1: listen, I don't listen. have room for you in my energy budget.
0: There, there, you, there go. you go. <laughs> um, wait, wait. What what movie was that? Um, Forrest Gump. Remember when? Do you remember Forrest Gump the movie? Oh, of
1: course.
0: Remember Great when buddy. he was doing everything? He did the smiley face, and somebody had the bumper sticker. on like, I just I I'd love the that running. movie. Yeah. Yes, I gotta run. Um, and it's like, why'd you stop? just didn't want to run anymore but i, I that
1: might be my buffer sticker <laughs> I, I love that.
0: because it's so important and you know how you're doing this your kids are seeing this because kids are sponges we're, we're sponges at adults we're sponges as adults but we need a lot more ringing out kids are just sponges and when they see those things they you know, did with the hockey thing and it just was nothing bad or good about it it's just these different things that you get in your mind go oh well this is normal for me this is normal for me and then you have to figure this out along the way of life and you just didn't stop and that's was such an important thing because whether it's what you were going through physically it it affects you mentally and vice versa oh, and yeah. everybody's got something that's better better or worse but it's like don't and and i think you said something i'm i'm paraphrasing what you said at the beginning I want to be able to teach people the lessons that I learned the hard way. And yeah. that, that is so important. So let's go to something else. Okay, How do no, you I'll want to say this today, please?
1: I, I sit with you today having a lot more authority and accountability in my life. Than myself, Ooh. I have been married for 15 years now. I have two children that I'm responsible for. I have been the CEO of a company. I'm a published author. And I also am somebody who's learning to break my addiction to the illusion of security through, you know, regular client work that exhausts me and drains me. I even uh, thought leaders have to relearn the lessons sometimes uh, the hard way. Um, As soon as I've given up that uh, opportunity, it's amazing what has risen to to come in its place. Every time I, I let go of something that I think is secure, I always convince myself I'll be a bag lady. It just seems to be like my default method. Right it's never happened. I've always been more successful financially, as well as fulfilled when I take a chance and really listen to my own wisdom. I have never met a woman who said, I didn't listen to my instincts and it turned out great. (laughs)
0: No, no, absolutely not. But
1: there's always somebody that will sit by your side and tell you why your instincts are wrong. And, you know, I think it's really just important, especially mid career and midlife, to start really looking inward and trusting. You know, I, I live a very different life than my mother in law does, than my mother did, even though she worked. The demands, the expectations, the pace of work, the way it bleeds into every area of your life, all of that is wildly different than the people that were my mentors, my sponsors, or the people that I turn to. And so, in, and I don't think that's going to slow down. I think it's going to go faster and faster and faster. I mean, I'm looking at this data age and, you know, the, the, the keychi title with the reboot your career, you know, data literacy is going to be the thing that will differentiate people in the workplace in the next 24 months. I mean, if you don't know how to leverage data and artificial intelligence in any field that you work in in business, you're going to be left behind. You're not going to be able to compete. And, you know, it's going to continue to keep augmenting and accelerating. And so I think helping people to realize it's most important to be clear on who you are and what your values are, be a lifelong learner, nurture your curiosity, protect your downtime, and have a foundation of people that truly care about you. Because mm-hmm. you never know, your, your diagnosis, your life could change tomorrow. Your career does not love you. And, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, it doesn't
0: that's another bumper sticker right there your career doesn't care about your health your career doesn't care about your family that's not the way it's designed you're the only one um there was something uh dr wayne dyer said uh, he's been gone for a while he said we don't him. have stressful jobs we have stressful thoughts it's not the job it's like when you get the the description of your job going ceo da 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 stress and then it keeps going on no and and but you you, you, yeah, you're you're so right. And just there's so many things i i'd ha, i'd I'd be marking all these things down while you're talking if I could. But there's so many things that are important to be able to slow down. There was something somebody so, told me this many years ago said that just because you work seventy hours a week doesn't mean you're getting more done than working thirty hours a week. you You need to reassess. And it's this obsession. and I think it is the technology uh, that mm-hmm. made it worse. Thinking well, it's there. Twenty four hours. Well, there. I got to be up at twenty four hours. What? How important is it for you to be in quiet time? One of my favorite uh, uh, switches, or one of my digital switches on my phone, is airplane mode. When, when? When is it? How important is it to you to have that? I do. I call it meditating. I, I pray and meditate. Whatever you want to call it. What is it? How is it important to you? And what do you do?
1: It. It's very important to me, and it's also the thing that I hate doing. Uh, It goes against my nature. Right. So it's the thing that when I start to notice my body signals of anxiety, depression, all of those things that kind of can creep in, usually it's when I'm being lax about my practices. So um, my my journey has evolved over the years. I started with an app, Headspace, worked really nicely for me for guided meditation, especially as I was trying to uh, get out of my noisy mind. It really helped to have something to focus on. Uh, I... Did a stint of breath work for a couple of years that was really helpful, actually, in breaking, having breakthroughs, especially when writing. Uh, So, if you enjoy the writing of my book, you might enjoy breath work. Um, And today I do something a little gentler. I'm a fan of yoga nidra. Um, So, I use a yoga nidra practice that uh, helps me to give my nervous system a break and is really gentle. And so, you know, it's a combination. And just like your career, your needs are going to evolve. Breath work is really active and it's activating and it's very, it's very trauma oriented and mm-hmm. working through things. Today, I just want to give my nervous system a little, little break, a little massage. Yeah. That's yeah.
0: Great. Well, I mean, it, it, we, we do, uh, we swim. Uh, believe me, I am not right. fast. I am not fast. Well, we do Pilates. And I started about a year after my wife did, she goes, you got to try this thing. And it's not like I'm going to be a gymnast, um, mm-hmm. but breathing, like I didn't realize I was breathing wrong. I, why would I know this? Well, you don't know what you don't know. But what, when you put yourself out there, when you're in quiet time, however, that it is for each person, then these things start popping up inside you because you're, what you're doing is you're... Ta- I have the two, the two minds, informational, transformational, conscious, subconscious. So what you're doing, is you're taking that noisy mind. Very well phrased because that's what it is. You're doing it. You're gonna be a You're gonna be a bag I call it later my
1: Trash raccoon. Wait, say again. I call it my trash raccoon.
0: <laughs> Trying to get the top off and just.
1: Oh yeah, like, just throwing stuff everywhere.
0: <laughs> I'm using that. We're gonna have to talk later. I think we got lots of bumper stickers. We got I a think whole
1: bumper sticker we've line got All the stuff. Unfortunately, <laughs> nobody uses bumper stickers anymore. No,
0: that's a straight true. It's a bumper sticker in our mind, um, but, you know, all these different things that are going on and, and having the downtime and going just against that little thing that you normally do. Uh, when, when I do something stupid to myself, which is really all it is, and I, I say, I don't like that version of myself and I stop and I take a break, you know, I you know, get mad at an egg bursting in a microwave. I had that incident happening, getting mad at the car, getting a flat tire and you're kicking the tire, car, tire didn't clear, doesn't care hammer falling on your on your foot and then you ram it through the wall now you got to repair the wall now you're pissed off about the wall and the hammer but the hammer didn't know and just that quiet time that that time that you shut things down however that is for you no videos no not well for me it isn't i don't like visuals gotta have silence
1: that's why month one of the 90 day plan is stabilized and it's about reconnecting with old hobbies it's about daily walks outside it's looking at the tops of the trees and the blues of the skies and Reminding yourself that you the world does not spin because you are keeping it on its axis. You are <laughs> not that important. It's no. really hard to it's They it can start to feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. Like if you don't hustle morning, noon, and night, you're right, it's you're right. gonna fall apart. And yeah. you know, <laughs> sometimes a little perspective and vitamin D can really help with some <laughs> of that thinking.
0: Yeah, anything that you can do, whether it's a massage, whether it's uh, going to the sauna at the health club, or you go to whirlpool, and you're, whatever works, is is something you've got to look into. And I like the ninety-day plan. I like the ideas and all the things that are going on and what you suggest. We it's talked about reading.
1: Of what people do when they think about wanting to make a change, they want to go look manically at what jobs are open and where they can go and what they could do. And now they're just jumping from the frying pan into the fire because they don't even know what they want.
0: That is an excellent point. It's kind of like when people go, you know, I'm tired of being married, tired of this girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is, tired of this job. Guess what? You bring you everywhere you go. And if it's failing, not saying that there's two people involved, but you know what I mean? Look yeah. at yourself first. Look at what you're bringing. Because when things are new, woo! And well, that newness wears off really. And when you're young, you don't think that. But when you're yeah. like, the newness just wears off. And then suddenly, you know, you know, why is that, why is that person, don't they pick up their dirty underwear? You know, or, or, or they're not paying that bill. Would it? You know, like you said, you know somebody for 30 years, but you really don't know them. You really don't. And then yep. when you sit down, and that's what I love about the show, because every time I talk to somebody, is I keep learning more about myself. I keep mm-hmm. going, oh, oh yeah, I do that. Oh yeah. And you're absolutely right when i used to travel the world with the x-ray tube stuff and i found anybody in anybody in any country poor mid rich didn't matter we're all the same we have the same fears we have the same likes and dislikes we want just some clean water some food and a, a nice house so, you know just somewhere to live and sleep the basic oh, animals yeah i mean and, and i think in general and i i i believe it's, it's a very optimistic look i think most people are good i think the general person on the earth is good and whether i die naive in that way that's fine with me because i'm not going to believe otherwise i believe that's what people do in their in their core but we let that outside world come into us keep coming at us keep coming at us keep coming guess what if you don't like it stop watching it stop reading it stop looking at it if you've got toxic relationships whether it's a marriage or or bad, re- like you said bet leave what were you going to say
1: uh, I was going to say that, um, you know, I spent a good chunk of my career in the darkest corners of the internet. And what I can tell you is I found some of the best people I've ever known. It's the heroes in law enforcement that will look at the most traumatic images Ooh. that make it hard for them to even raise their own children at home.
0: It, I can't even imagine
1: that, you know, work in these tech companies that are moderating this content and having to be exposed to the worst of the worst you know, for a job eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. These people could make paychecks in a lot easier ways. Trust yeah. me, they're they're talented and skilled people with a lot of seniority. They choose to rise for the most vulnerable of our population. And that always renews my faith in humanity.
0: Yeah, no, there is a lot more out there. There are unsung heroes, as they say. There are mm-hmm. so many, for lack of a better word in my mind, as niches, n- little, little things you don't know what's going on in the background all the time. You don't, you know, it's just like you said with that, that friend you knew for 30 years and you thought it was this or that, and then you find out it had nothing to do with what you saw on the surface. You know, you don't know until you start talking to people, but when, when people get in and, and being in the medical field, I saw, and I'm not comparing to this to what the law enforcement's doing, but I've, I've had people die on the table while I was in the other room. It was, you know, you see a lot of stuff, um, uh, it was a place called Cook County Hospital here in Illinois. And. It gets a lot of bad stuff and there's, they're all oh, over the
1: place. Cook County always pops up in all my human trafficking work as well. I know there's a lot of dynamics going on. That, that,
0: so, so that, I won't even tell you when I, when I went there in the eighties, cause I'm an old guy and when we were storing equipment there, I mean, I thought I was in a third world country in the hospital. I'm like, this is a hospital. I'm like, this is just so horrible. And this is going back to the eighties. Um, yeah. But you know, it, it, and, and unfortunately people do what people do. It's not the majority, but even though it's still a minority that's doing it, if it affects one person in a negative way, it affects you.
1: Yeah, I really, I love Fred Rogers' point of view on this one. Look for the heroes, look for the people that are rushing towards the problem and, you know, just look at who's trying to spread good. And that's what I hope to accomplish with this book is to take people that are skilled and talented and have them apply their skills and talents beyond creating clickbait and making mm. profit and doing something that the, that they'll find personally meaningful in addition with their technical skills. It's cool when engineers go and paint houses for Habitat for Humanity, spoiler alert, they <laughs> were probably not that good at it. Like, go use your skills to do something that can really scale and mm-hmm. impact people far beyond a day of your time.
0: And, and that's very well put. The, the idea is to empower others, empowers ourselves. And when you're out there and do things, not everything is for a buck. Um, and I, I have gotten but the more.
1: Follow when you're talented and you apply it to something that matters.
0: You're right. Well, what's that saying? Somebody, I, I can't remember who said it. It's like something like, you know, you love it so much that you do it for free, but you're so good at it, people want to pay you for it. And, <laughs> you know, and once you find that niche or niche, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, then you've got it made. And somebody was saying, because um, uh, my musical uh, uh, is just—I'm uh, working with some executive producers now in the past month, and I don't know what's going to happen. But I'm like, you know, somebody said, "Oh, you're going to make this and that." I'm like, "Yeah, I know This is a make a difference musical. It's know your musical philosophy. It's how your soul knowledge, knowledge of your soul. And I wrote all the—I wrote all the compositions. I sang in night This is a make a difference thing. I'm not going to settle for anything less. So, are you going to pay me eighteen gazillion dollars?" What's it going to be? It's going to be this and this. Uh, no, that's not what I had it for. No, can't do it. And if you give up something for the money, you can't take it with you, like we talked about earlier, but it just, it, I can't be, I can't be a piece when I'm going to sleep. I do it. What? If I'm sorry. You, you broke up. Say again.
1: Some people have to do it. If you're a single parent and your kid is relying on you to Good point. pay the bills, like everybody's in different circumstances. And Good that's point. why. I say it's a recipe of the 90-day process, but it's an achievable recipe no matter where you're starting from. Good point. Your purpose might be to provide for those in your home, and that might be what you can handle, and that is absolutely equally as admirable as going out and solving cancer. Good point. What is it for you? What is you? We don't all start at the same place. We don't end at the same place, and it's about maximizing the cards you're dealt and making the best of what you have and being proud of how you spend your time
0: very well put and also your 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 point i mean is just it was just my point of view point of view but you're right i mean if you're a single mother single parent whatever you are and you have to make a living and saying well i'm giving that up but they're paying me all this money but then i can put my kids through school you know everybody's got there's no right or wrong and And, and and if you're not hurting small children and animals and doing bad stuff, make your choices. Go take take it. Go There's go to let
1: other people make them for you.
0: Yes, and we think it's good, and then you find out it's empty. And uh, you know what I like about the name? Go. Excuse me. Go. Uh, I'll reboot your career in ninety days. I did peruse some information. I went to her website. I did some uh, some due diligence before she got on the show. Go to her website, Lisa T H E E and take to Lisa Thie. Go check it out. She's got some good information. I love her story. That's why she's on this show because she's how she's consciously communicating to people. Before we go, what I know you've said a lot of really good things that listeners can, can take away. Say po- some kind of positive aphorism that you comes to mind that we can leave with them and then we'll close it out.
1: I think my positive statement that I'd like to share with people today is if you Believe in yourself and step out in faith, the universe will rise to meet you.
0: Another bumper sticker. <laughs> it's so, can you say that again?
1: You believe in yourself and you step out in good faith to do something meaningful for you, the universe will
0: rise. That's so, that's so true. But it takes commitment, it takes time, it takes work and effort. If you're going to do things looking on automatic,
1: your fear, it takes looking at your fear directly in the eye and going, Yes, I feel all these things, and I'm going to do it anyways.
0: And that's the key. And that's what, Lisa, that I've gotten from our, our short conversation today is that's what you've done with your life. And it doesn't make you better or worse than anybody else, but you're passing it on through your book, through experiences, to make a difference now while you're here. So then when you're gone and I'm gone, it can carry on to somebody else. They might not know where it came from, but it doesn't matter. Because if you make a difference with another generation, you have no idea how many people's lives you're touched. Not everybody's going... Lisa, that talk was great. You've changed my life. Most of the time, people never tell you. And but once in a while somebody does. But it's like, you know, do give your best. But the universe will align with you when you get past those fears, those anxieties, those nervousness, whatever word you want to put on it, the 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 stress, go past it and you'll find it. Lisa, I want to thank you very much for being on the show, show today. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. And remember, it is more important to express your thinking thoughts and not the thoughts you are thinking. Blah, 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 a lot of noise. That is what is called conscious communication. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Conscious Communication. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You can also get more great information at ConsciousCommunicationPodcast.com.